You ask the questions and we'll just see where it goes. So I'm going to actually ask the last question first. Cool. What's something that you're reading to that you're reading or listening to right now that you want to share with the chapter? Uh, yeah, so this semester I've had a lot more time to read. And, yeah. What's uh, your major? Biology. Know, biology? Okay. Yeah. Are you like pre-med or... Doing pre-dental. Pre-dental. Okay, yeah. my brother-in-law's in dental school at Baylor oh, really? in Dallas. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. they didn't want me. <laughs> yeah, I think... They did not for me a spot. <laughs> but what were you saying? Sorry. No, you're good. Uh, yes, yeah, so I've just got a lot more time to read this semester. I'm not in very many hours since I'm kind of near the end. I'm not a chaplain anymore, and so I just have a lot of time. Uh, and I was looking at scripture, trying to figure out what path I wanted to take to read it. Uh, mm-hmm. I've done a couple different things in the past, and I was wanting to kind of dive in deeper mm-hmm. and read the whole Bible. And I had done that in a year before, but it's really hard to dive in deep when you're doing three to four chapters a day. Uh, so I decided to do a chapter a day, and it'll take about three years and three months or so. So I'll finish sometime in like my junior year of dental school. Uh, but it has been incredible. Uh, I've gotten all the way through Exodus and, or sorry, all the way through Genesis, and then about ten chapters in Exodus. And it's been really neat to just identify like characteristics of God yeah. that you don't often think about as much, because mm-hmm. I think people today have a problem of thinking that the Old Testament is like irrelevant, you know? Yeah. And that's just not true because you can see so much of God's faithfulness throughout the Old Testament and give you so much courage to live today. Yeah. Um, um, have you listened to any Tim Keller like sermons and stuff? Yeah, I have. Yeah, I, I listened to a lot of Tim Keller. Like he's one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, and he had this one sermon called Abraham and the Torch. Have you listened to it? Mm-mm. Okay, well, he kind of goes through the story of Abra- like God talking to Abraham when God appeared as like a torch and he said, okay, go offer these birds and light them out in a certain way. And he was talking about how that ritual was common among the time as a way of making oaths. It was like a handshake. It was signing a contract that thing. And it was basically saying, let this like splitting apart these animals, let this happen to me if I do not fulfill it. Yeah. But then you actually read the text and Abraham doesn't walk past it, meaning Abraham's not saying, let this happen to me. Mm. God, as the torch, passes through it and back and forth. So he's saying, let this happen to me, not only if I don't fulfill my promise, which he does for us, but if you, like people, do not fulfill your end. And that's exactly what he did with Jesus. He sacrificed himself. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, the... The buck doesn't stop at us anymore. Like we nothing relies on us; it all relies yeah. on God, and that's what He showed in the Old Testament. And we yeah. often overlook stuff like that. We overlook it, but there's so many just clear examples of the gospel as you see through that. Yeah. Um. So something else I kind of want to ask. So, uh, more focused on bucks. How has God used bucks for you? I know you're the chaplain, of course, but like, how has He used bucks to really shape your life? Oh hey. <laughs> What's up, Bennett? No, you're good. <laughs> Uh, Bennett Cox just walked in and ruined the interview. So just so you know that everybody, (laughs) yeah, so Bucks has done a lot of different things for me. I think that early on you kind of figure out what it looks like to be a servant of a chapter because you're Mm -hmm. doing things like tier positions where you're not really getting noticed as much. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's an awesome way to serve the chapter. Uh, But then I stepped into more of a leadership position and saw Bucks transform me as a leader 
And what's super interesting about that is that I honestly probably learned more about servanthood when I was a leader than when I was in the tier positions uh, because you just learn what it is to lay down your life for the sake of your brothers and put in 20 plus hours a week if it comes to that just to like make sure guys are, are being put in the best position possible to yeah. grow spiritually and to love each other well. Yeah, what really took a lot of time as chaplain? Like what took like the largest chunk? Yeah, I think the primary like time taker uh, was just meeting with guys mm. and okay. I would never change that for the world. I mean, I yeah. had 20 or more tiers and would meet with them at minimum monthly and just kind of walk through life and do life yeah. with them. I always made sure that half of our meeting time was spent talking about like things of bucks and like the different things going on and the things that needed to be accomplished, but then the other half would be uh, spent just catching up on life and seeing where they were spiritually and yeah. uh, just diving into relationship that way. And I think that's the best part of being chaplain is that all of a sudden you kind of get to see that side of life and it makes you want it more even after you step out of the position because you just crave that relationship with people. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's good, like, continually meeting with other people. Like, something I liked from Pledgeship was having having to sign the book, you know, yeah. having, like, 30 members or something. Yeah. Because that really forces you to actually get to meet people, like, throughout different pledge classes in the chapter. And um, a lot of times that kind of leads to continuing to hang out with those people and just yeah. kind of grow closer, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's the purpose of discipline. Discipline's tough, uh, but it serves a purpose. It's like it serves the purpose of showing you that, this thing that we're having you guys do is valuable and it's something that should and can be carried on into membership. Okay. Um, how did the voice start? Like, who started that? A lot of different people claim that they started it. Uh, Cole Walker is probably the main culprit. <laughs> uh, as you know, we have cell groups, C-E-L-L. So anytime I had a slide, Cole decided to throw up a little picture of a mitochondria, the powerhouse of the cell up on the screen and people would laugh he'd have a little quote next to it whatever and really long quote yeah and then somewhere along the way either mason taylor or garrett graham developed this idea that there was a voice that the mitochondria had and that quickly turned into a voice that i allegedly had and that morphed into that it, there's some secret chaplain voice and liam weingartner really really pushed that and said that there was one so but you must have thought, what would the voice sound like, right? You've got to have thought about that. I do not ever think about it because it doesn't exist, nor will it ever. No, I know, exist. but you're like, okay, maybe it doesn't exist, whatever. But if it did, you've probably thought, would it be like really low or really high or, you know, kind of like some Kermit the Frog kind of thing? I am not going to say anything in this video that would lead anyone to think that the voice is real. <laughs> That was a good answer, because I was trying to get it out from you. I uh, know you are. <laughs> okay. Um, so, kind of a more serious note. How... I know that when you're a chaplain, you gave your testimony the very first time. I remember that, and I'm sure a lot of the guys do, but um, you don't have to go into all of that, but just in the past few years, how has God changed your life? Yeah. There's and what has a... he used to do that? Oh, Lord. I mean, he uses a lot of different things to yeah. do that. There's a quote my youth pastor used to always say to me um, from a guy named D.L. Moody, who some of these guys yeah. may have heard of. And it said that if your testimony is more than a day old, I don't want to hear it. 
Mm-hmm. And the point of that was just because like Jesus is constantly working in our lives to change us and make us more like him. And so you asked what he uses to do that, and he uses everything to do that. Yeah. Romans 8.28 is a super popular verse that talks about how God uses all things for the good of those who love him. Um, but the verse that people often don't remember is the verse that falls right after that, verse 29, um, where it talks about how the purpose of God using all those things in our life is so that we would be conformed to his image. Mm-hmm. And so I think that God uses my relationship with Madison. He uses my time in Bucks, uses uh, my discipline or lack thereof in school. Like really anything and everything God uses to make me more like him. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've found through Bucks and through my relationship with Madison is that whether you're experiencing times of triumph or times of trial, God wants to use every single piece of that to just draw me closer to him. Yeah. So I don't mean to put you on the spot, but just kind of a little bit I will. You said if your testimony, you said you hear this quote a lot. If your testimony is more than a day old, you don't want to hear it. How has God worked in the past 24 hours? Yeah, no, that's a good question, yeah. Uh, I think this morning as I woke up and I was reading scripture, I was reading Exodus 9 this morning, and right now I'm walking through the plagues that... God uh, put on Egypt and everything and each time Pharaoh kept like saying okay like I've sinned Uh, I promise that I won't keep the Israelites anymore like I promise that I'll let you guys go if you just give me relief Uh, and I kept like I've, I've continually been seeing myself in that because how many times have I in times of trial made promises to God that hey like God I'm gonna get it together if you can just get me through this period of time and then God delivers me on the other side, and all of a sudden I've forgotten those promises, mm-hmm. and I just continue to live for myself. And so this morning, I think what he was teaching me is that as I'm looking ahead to dental school, and I'm just trying to get through this last semester, asking that God would deliver me out of this time and into marriage and into dental school, I'm trying to be more mindful of just walking with the Spirit day by day so that when dental school comes, I don't have to just start relying on myself like I've done in the past of thinking, okay, finally God's delivered me out of this past season. So now I can just live for myself. Like I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to live that way anymore. Mm-hmm. Who's someone that you, you don't have to actually like know them that well, but that you kind of look up to as someone who displays their faith really well. Yeah. My dad Yeah, really does. And how so like, do you have an example? Yeah. Um, there have been times in my life where like, I've felt almost guilty for having a good dad because I know so many guys and I've met so many mm. guys in Bucks who yeah. don't come from homes where their father is a supportive figure in their life or a good picture of what a father is supposed to be in a, in a biblical sense. Uh, but growing up, my dad has always done, done such a good job of loving my mom and loving me and my brother just completely servant-heartedly of, I mean, it can be small things like he will never pick a restaurant that that he wants to go to. He has never had a preference in his entire life hmm. of where he wants to go. And I know that that's small and seems like not a big deal, but he's done things like that in his life all the time yeah. just to show us that, hey, what, what you think, your interests are more important than mine. And that's what Philippians 2 talks all about is imitating Christ and putting other people before yourself. And so my dad has always 
imitated Christ in that way with his family. And then even beyond that, I've seen him work his tail off in business and seen him maintain integrity and character and the hospital feel like he works in administration where a lot of people don't maintain integrity. And it's been just incredible to see how God has used that those times of integrity and character to shape him and to shape other people around him. And he's blessed my dad through all that and has given him influence, not just in his own company, but like across the nation. And I'm not here (laughs) going to like preach the health, wealth and prosperity gospel to you at all. But I think that God can use health, wealth and prosperity Mm. for his benefit and for his glory. I mean, Mm -hmm. he's using my dad to, have an influence on people who may not ever come into contact with other Christians. And so it's just really special to see that example of my dad before I get into that stage of life in marriage and, and all that. Yeah, yeah. I know you've kind of talked about him in some of your, I hate to call them sermons because this isn't the just, church, but yeah, just in your... Uh, we can make a whole podcast on yeah. how this is, Bucks is not the church. I'll do it right Wait, now. Wait, Bucks is in the church? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, and so I I think it's really great that you know you have someone that you can look up to. I think God's that's a real blessing in your life, and I know it's been for me too. Mm-hmm. You're talking about how God can use health, wealth, and prosperity, mm-hmm. but I've been also thinking how He uses our weaknesses as our strengths. Yeah. You know, Paul says that um, you know when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Yeah. And I was talking with my cell group, and I asked them. So what do you think he means by this? Mm -hmm. And a lot of the answers were, well, when I'm weak, it just shows that God is strong. And, you know, God can overcome my weaknesses. But Paul says, when I'm weak, then I am strong. Mm -hmm. Which doesn't mean my weaknesses are overcome. It means the weakness itself is a form of strength that God uses. And I think the... um, Example of Gideon is a great example. Mm-hmm. If Gideon had more people, like if he used the I don't know thirty thousand people that he yeah. had, he probably would have gotten crushed because yeah. the army he was facing was like what a hundred thousand or something like really big, and he would have used conventional tactics and gotten destroyed. But God gave him a weakness, only three hundred men, that in itself was a form of strength. Another example was David. If he had all the armor on and fought like a normal soldier, he probably would have gotten killed. But the weakness God gave him of being just a kid with a slingshot or what you, a sling, that was the strength. The weakness was the strength. And I think if we really truly accept that, that's how we can do everything without complaining and arguing. If we see our weaknesses as gifts from God, because they really are. No, I think that's good. I mean, I don't think that God is ever going to be glorified in us until we decide to be totally dependent on him and I think one of the best ways for us to figure out that we have to be dependent on him is to be reduced to a point of where we see ourselves as weak and like we see our weaknesses as our strengths Yeah. Uh, and the beauty of that is that when amazing things are done you can't have any explanation for it other than that God is moving in you exactly and like going back to my father, I mean, I've seen that in his life as well. Is that you look at a guy like Abraham, even, and like most of his descendants, God blessed them with 
tons and tons oh, yeah. of wealth and prosperity and everything. And what was so neat was that he was able to make Abraham a blessing to other nations. Yeah, yeah. And so that's I've seen I've seen that side of God's blessing, but then I've also seen people reduced to almost nothingness and seen him incredibly glorified mm-hmm. in those times. And that's what the New Testament talks all about. Yeah. Is about our weaknesses and about in our suffering God yeah. will be made known and Yeah. God can use anything really. Yeah. So do you have anything else that you want to share? No, man, I mean I've enjoyed doing this. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm.